Welcome to episode two, Mental Health and Mental Wealth with Claire Johnson-Tushinka, alumni of Roehampton and Strategic Communications Director at Johnson & Johnson. Claire shares the mental health challenges she faced whilst a student, her personal path to recovery and her tips on how listeners can manifest a wealthy mindset and effectively work through life's greatest pressures. Welcome to another episode of the Roehampton Podcast. Today I'm joined by a very special guest speaker. Claire Johnson-Tushinka is the Strategic Communications Director for Johnson & Johnson Medical Devices and will be talking to us today about the relationship between mental health and mental wealth. Claire, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Roehampton Podcast. It's great to have you. I'm very happy to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me. Um, delighted to join you for the next uh, 20 or so minutes. <laughs> Can you briefly tell us about yourself, your area of work and your connection to the university? Absolutely. So um, as you as you mentioned, I work at Johnson & Johnson in the medical devices uh, division. Um, obviously, they also have the pharmaceutical and the consumer side. So Johnson & Johnson's baby and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and I've, I've worked at Johnson & Johnson since... June 2017 so just coming up to four years now um, and before uh, Johnson & Johnson I'd worked at lots of London agencies um, but purely in the healthcare area as uh, Johnson Johnson's the, the biggest healthcare company in the world my natural progression was to sort of move towards a company that had lots of scope for lots of different types of um, healthcare uh, communications opportunities. Um, I graduated from Roehampton in 2009 so I guess it would be 12 years ago this year which seems utterly bizarre because it felt like just yesterday <laughs> uh, that I was walking those beautiful grounds and fell in love with the place um, and uh, uh, yes so 12 years ago graduated and um, I, I most recently and, and 12, 12 years ago that I um, uh, actually no it would be 2006 that I moved to London and it was just in December, just gone, that I moved to Poland with my husband. So I'm now living abroad and uh, trying my best to learn the very difficult language of Polish, which uh, I'm having twice weekly lessons, but uh, not going the best. <laughs> I will persevere. I was actually going to ask you, I'm told it's one of the most difficult languages to learn. Is that, is that true? It really is. It really is. So every single word in the they have something called declensions and conjugations. So I'm focusing just on grammar right now. I can tell you more about grammar than the vocabulary, to be honest. Um, but yeah, the words are the 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 cases they're called um, are absolutely bizarre. They make no they make no sense to me. We have nothing similar to it in uh, in English. And there's something like. 40 or 50 different ways of saying just the number two, depending on the circumstances, the gender, how many, when, under what, over, it's just mind blowing. But I really hope it's making my uh, my IQ elevate. So something will come out of this if I don't learn the uh, language thoroughly. You will get there. It's, always, it's about always learning, isn't it? Always learning. And Absolutely. Improving. Moving on from that, I want to ask you, um, 
about this subject is all around health and well-being which is extremely important to many of our listeners and more widely as well it's been kind of a hot topic over the last 12 months there's been considerable focus on health and well-being over the last 12 months with a particular study from the office of national statistics concluding that more than half of students reported that their mental health and well-being has worsened as a result of the pandemic what are your thoughts on this I mean, they're they're really you know quite quite humbling statistics and and diff- it's you know it's difficult to see something like that, um, but you know unfortunately it just doesn't surprise me. I think there's just so much uncertainty and that lack of control in the world right now that many of us do go to you know what could possibly be the worst scenario, you know when 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 bad news hits, and certainly in in this case they're just there hasn't really been a measure of that you know none of us have been through this before so I think people have gone to that that worst case scenario and then the reality has perhaps been even worse mm. um which is not is not a good place to be at all so yeah I'd say that you know these these sorts of statistics really you know don't don't surprise me um and yeah. and I you know I really I really hope people are are looking out for themselves you know out there and knowing that you know health services are still are open um, and that you know clinicians do want to see people and support people and not to be afraid to reach out for help mm. and, and you know firsthand how detrimental poor health can be um, particularly as a student um, I know that while studying um, you faced your own struggles and challenges do you tell us a little bit more about your experiences while studying and coping with mental health and and how you kind of came out the other side and your your personal journey to recovery Sure. So um, I d- I'd definitely say it's it's a journey. Um, so as, as you say, so when I was at Roehampton, so it was my second year, I had the most amazing first year, you know, the most amazing year of my 20s. Um, oh, actually, it was my late teens at this point. But um, and, and then out of nowhere, it, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, these these very depressive symptoms, not not being able to or not really wanting to get out of bed in the morning, not enjoying things that I'd been enjoying before. Um, but I had no idea what was happening. I, I, I started, it, it, took, it took probably about six months before I started really looking into the symptoms and Googling and trying to work out what is wrong with me. When I say what is wrong with me, I didn't even consider it as a health issue. I just considered it as a, there's just something wrong with me as a person, with my personality or something because I had never heard of the clinical term depression. I didn't know it existed. And it wasn't until I started reading, you know, statistics like that it's the leading cause um, of disease burden for women between the ages of 15 and and, um, mid forties. These sorts of things suddenly made me feel like, oh my God, it's not not just there's something wrong with me and I'm weird Mm -hmm. and I can't enjoy anything and I'm a drag on everyone around me. It's actually just, something that's happening with my health and that actually was probably the first step moving out of depression and and I I turned and I remember it really vividly for me I had to create structure in my life because I felt very out of control I needed to find my joy and at the time I would take myself out on a date Uh, so I'd wait for the weekend after all my all my lectures had happened I'd take myself out um, I'd get on the bus to the um, to South Ken because there was a direct bus uh, route. <clears throat> I'm not sure if there still is. 
and uh, yeah I'd go to the museums and I'd buy myself a, a small treat whether it was you know my favorite chocolate bar or something but I'd just take myself out and I'd really stop and and smell the flowers and and mm. stop getting into that spiral of, of of feeling sort of sad about everything mm. um and uh, it's it's not necessarily something that will only happen once in your life I, I came out of it and I came out of it for the better um but I did descend again I came out of a dif- difficult relationship a couple of years later and and struggled much much worse with that bout of depression but again I'd, I'd found my coping mechanism which I I certainly you know even even today I think it's about listening to your your body and what your body's tell you, telling you and what your brain's telling you um, and just being really aware and identifying it early. You don't want to get to the point where, you know, you're not able to get out of bed and you just feel, um, and this is just depression I'm talking about. There's obviously a, lot, a, a whole spectrum of, of mental health challenges, but in my experience, you know, just, just really sort of stay in tune with yourself and know that it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. And, and just moving back to what you, you mentioned there about kind of being in tune with yourself, knowing yourself, listening to yourself, listening to your body um, and what it's saying to you. Um, I've, I, I do know that the last 12 months, everyone has been so consumed by the news, they're overstimulated for what they're reading and watching and consuming. In actual fact, it has a detrimental impact on you in the sense that you're not listening to yourself you're listening to others and the world around you so it's almost again it's this kind of um, revolving vicious circle in that you you know you can't get in you can't be in tune with yourself because you're not really in you're not listening to what your body needs um and then it becomes this never-ending cycle of just feeling worse and worse um but being aware of yourself but also for others around you to be aware and mindful of what depression or what other mental health challenges um look like um i think that from you know what i've seen over the last 12 months it's becoming more prevalent people are much more aware of what to look out for or becoming more aware of what to look out for in others so that they can be there to support um and and guide um how do you think the pandemic will shape the way society views mental health and well-being in the future I, I definitely think in terms of stigma, I've definitely seen a lot um, that has changed. So even in my job, we've had, um, as, as part of the leadership team, we've had training in mental health to, to know what to look out for, and particularly when you're not around people who you have a responsibility for, so members of your team that you're not seeing every day. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot more difficult um potentially to be able to identify those types of um those types of symptoms or just checking in with people i think working remotely is an interesting one so i've worked um <clears throat> i've worked remotely with johnson johnson since i joined and i didn't know i was going to be working remotely the office location changed and was far too far for me to commute this was four nearly four years ago um so i sort of had to learn how to work remotely but one thing that i remember in my first six months um, definitely was getting to know people and things like that, was that I felt everyone just talked about how busy they were. We tend to, you know, talk about what the challenges are or how's your week going? Oh, it's, it's going okay, but dot, dot, dot. And I didn't want to bother anyone with anything that was, was happening with me. I felt, you know, I didn't want to ask questions. I didn't want to make the burden harder on people. Um, and that's not, not, you know, I wasn't experiencing depression or anything at that point, but I think about people who do have mental health challenges in this situation, 
who again might be you know worried to reach out or where their symptoms won't be identified so I hope that those channels and pathways are being opened um, I'm seeing a lot about you know virtual counseling and things like that which I think is is great there's huge accelerations in so many areas um, and, and mental health is definitely something I'm seeing um, messaging wise certainly my company again I, I, I'm, I'm trying not to read news because I find that it it really helps me so I don't know what's necessarily happening in the in the wider world but in my in my company mental health and conditions such as depression it's no longer talked about as something someone else is having it's actually mm-hmm. positioned as something that any of it having right now mm-hmm. and experiencing or or other other symptoms like anxiety or um other conditions so I think that's definitely something that I've seen myself coming out of the the pandemic. Yes, and I, I would I would agree with you. A lot of the messaging that I've been reading is very much in it's almost an extension of we're all in in this together. It yes. could be happening to anybody. It could be happening to you yourself without knowing it. And then it goes back to what we said about being in tune with yourself and not being um, influenced by external factors and knowing whether you you know you're experiencing something which you may need some help and support with. So. Um, I think that's brilliant that particularly your company and others are really taking a, a much more proactive stance on this and helping support employees um, get through difficult times. A term that I've also seen frequently used is mental wealth, the idea of creating an abundant and resilient mind. So I think it's kind of centered around um, whether it's increasing kind of knowledge or expertise or learning, but to effectively work through daily pressures and find those coping mechanisms um, seems to be kind of top in this idea of having great mental wealth and um, thinking more positively. Um, are there any kind of recent phrases or terms you've heard that you think really bring to life the varying aspects of mental health and where should listeners visit to learn more about them? So, I mean, one word which I think I've heard a lot this year and which definitely is is linked to to mental health is resilience, Mm. Um, because I think resilience is seen. Oh, I certainly used to think there's, you know, there's people who are resilient and, you know, it's just water off the duck's back. And then there's those who not but who aren't. But I think it actually is a skill to be able to learn that resilience. And I think there's lots of different techniques that you can you can adopt to become resilient. So almost an expectation or rather than, and, and I certainly know that I'm like this, rather than sort of living in a state of like, everything's great, everything's fine, isn't everything wonderful? And then something bad hits and you know the, the whole world's falling apart mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can't see all the great stuff that you had before. Um, I think it's being it's it's training yourself, no matter what your circumstances, to to adopt. Um, uh, I, I, yeah, I de- describe them as skills because they're not abilities. We're not born with them. They're skills that we have to learn of how to be resilient. And that is, you know, it, it can be things like you know mindfulness. It can be um, considering your your routine in the morning and like I said, you know, not not reading. The news and putting yourself in a, a bad mindset before you've even got out of bed in the morning um so i think resilience and i, I you know there's lots of people who have you know issued books and, and great things about about resilience um a webinar that i recently attended um that my company put on um was by An- anna grady um so g-r-a-d-y um and she has a, a book 
um, called Mind Over Moment. And it's all about resilience and, and strengthening your ability to, to, to operate no matter what's going on around you. So I think that's um, yeah, a great resource or place where people could go to find out more about resilience. I know I've been a victim of, of being stuck in that negative headspace and and as you mentioned like not being able to see the positive around you you're just kind of in that moment and that's such a brilliant um term that she's coined there kind of that mind over the moment because you're so engrossed and consumed and sucked into what's going on in the now that you forget that it's just purely it's a snapshot of the rest of your life it's not everything um, so I definitely will be tapping into that and, and finding out a little bit more about what Anna has to say. Um, why do you think it's important for more people to be proactively researching the effects of mental health and its impact on others? It's, it's a great question. I think, you know, it's important for us to um, know what to look out for in ourselves in terms of symptoms. Like I said, when, when I had my first episode of depression, I didn't know what it was. And I think that almost made it worse. You know, it was, it, it, this was sort of happening to me. And then I just felt like I was a terrible person, just a rubbish type of person with a rubbish personality, rather than actually just experiencing a health condition. Um, something that happened to me around that time as well was that my extremely close and what before that I'd considered a strong group of friends um, completely pulled away they didn't want to be around me um they would uh in our house share um i ended up just spending the majority of <clears throat> time in my room on my own <clears throat> because uh they they tell people who even came around and visited that i wasn't in um which i got told later on it was a really difficult time and i think it i, I don't at this time many years later or over a decade later, I don't necessarily blame them because they didn't know. I didn't know either. They thought I was just, I just, you know, changed overnight and didn't, you know, I was just dragging them all down. Um, but I, I think nowadays there's no excuse for that sort of behavior. I think, you know, there's enough um, information out there and um, resources available to be able to understand and be, have empathy what with what other people are going through um so yeah that's you know as a personal experience and also you know for, for you um for you to be looking and keeping an eye on your own health i think it's important for people to be researching mental health we hope you're enjoying this episode and join us next week as we continue the discussion on employability We'll have a full rundown of the benefits work placements, internships and volunteering bring, whilst also talking through where to position work experience on your CV so it clearly reflects how you can add value to a future employer. Again, Claire, this is just invaluable, um, everything you've said so far. I just know the listeners are going to want to hear from you again in a future episode so hopefully you can join me once more um you've got so much you know so much to say and um it's just been fantastic listening to you um and my pleasure <laughs> on a more positive note you have proven that mental health doesn't hold you back from a successful career um how have your daily practices and your own research had a positive impact on your work life and contributed to your successful career <laughs> Oh, well, 
thank you for describing it as a successful career. I um, if I was speaking or, or talking to myself at 21 when I just graduated into a different pandemic and a different recession, um, I would I would be yeah surprised that I've been able to to have you know, elements of success in my career. I, I I think to be able to become resilient and to be able to consider hurdles as just part of it it has certainly been important to me um i think i've 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 tried to see situations where maybe they were challenging and difficult but i've i've rather seen them as a growth experience and that's been an important way for me to sort of handle and and keep my my mental health in check and not allow things to spiral i think i'm i'm definitely stronger for having gone through mental health challenges in my uh, sort of early 20s and other you know very short spats but I sort of describe it as a, a background hum at times I think I'm definitely stronger and and certainly more empathetic I'd like to think that when I ask people how they are I I press to say you know how are you really you know if people respond oh, I'm fine if you hear that sort of was it detonation at the end I'm fine no I, I sort of say are you really you know what's going on because I really wanted someone to ask me that question when I was saying oh I'm fine but not really fine so I think if you're if, if listeners out there are experiencing you know symptoms of, of you know poor mental health and, and challenges I'd, I'd I'd say that you know this isn't a reflection on you and actually it's only going to make you a better person when you come out the other side of it because so it certainly has made me another person I, I'm I'm very you know happy to talk about my personal experiences because they made me who I am um, and mean that I'm able to I, I think handle things um, and challenges a, a, a lot better I actually have probably you know had the um, you know the pandemic has has felt um, not as bad as I thought as I thought it would um, because I've been able to you know you use the, the the tools that are important to me if I couldn't go out and do the enjoyable things that I know make me feel better I found different ways of doing it so I I loved uh, going to musicals and musical performances I haven't been able to do that so I've been watching them on YouTube instead and <laughs> giving a donation <laughs> Or, or talking with my my brother also loved musicals or talking about musicals we've been to the, in the past because we used to go every year for his birthday to a different musical so I think as far as my my career it's definitely made me more resilient to the challenges I accept them as part of it and that I'm going to grow and that there's there's different ways to be able to find your your joy and I I recommend you know people to just take a moment and think what did I used to enjoy even before I you know, went to university or anything when I was a kid? What was it that really made me feel at ease and find a way of doing that or engaging in that? I love that. I love that. Just finding you, what yes. makes you happy. And again, I really love the notion of, of the fact that this doesn't define you. This moment doesn't define you. You're still you. As long as you know who that is and what you enjoy and how to, you know, to maximize those moments, then you can always find your joy. And I think that you definitely found that it comes across um, in all that you've said and all that you've achieved to date is, is amazing. And I, you know, I wanted to conclude and kind of close with 
providing our listeners with some, some support. So um, I know that we have a number of international students that will be listening in that have been away from their family for you know, over 12 months. They've not been able to travel. And um, I also know that there's been some recent graduates and even alumni that have started new roles and they're working from home and they're struggling with how to remain productive. So what would be your tips and advice for those um, confined to where they live? So um, I, it, it, I think it's a very personal thing. I mean, when I was in that situation, so when, for example, when I, when I graduated, there was, you know, getting a, a role was very, very difficult um, after the financial crisis and, you know, very competitive. And I found that creating a structure for my day was really important. I found that, and I'd build into that structure, I'd almost have a, a schedule for my day and I'd build in self-care into that. So I'd sit down at the beginning of the week or of the weekend and I'd open my cookbooks and I'd go through and say, right, what do I want to treat myself with? What am I going to cook for myself this week? And then I'd, um, I'd uh, something that I, I did and I still do and I absolutely love is every year, I create my, how old am I? I'm 32 now. So my last one was 32 things to do. No, sorry, my last one was 33 things to do before I'm 33. Because I didn't want to feel like another year had passed and I hadn't achieved anything. But in there, I had like a variety of different things. Um, so I'd have skills I want to learn. So I taught myself how to sew. I taught myself how to knit. I've done all sorts of things. I went horse ride. I, I taught myself all these different things, a lot of them which you can do at home so even if so I'm speaking to people who aren't maybe necessarily in the role that they want to be in right now there's there's lots of different ways that you can find fulfillment in your life and even from home and just to stay um stay stay busy keep busy um keep connected with your friends and loved ones find creative ways to to connect with them you know rather than just a, a conversation it can be like a lot more fun like maybe you could just off the top of my head you know there's these pub quizzes that you can attend and all these funny virtual things you can do so yeah stay 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 creative don't get if you feel like you're in that rut get out just get out the house go for a walk if you can um nature is wonderful and very healing um so yeah i think just really stay in tune with yourself if you're in that moment which just and i've been there just feels like absolute lack of control because what's happening in the world right now deep breaths take deep breaths it's okay not to be okay something that I'm definitely guilty of is making myself feel guilty like oh I shouldn't feel like this oh what I don't have a right to feel sad today or low today or that I'm in a rut this week because people have it a lot worse it is all relative, but it's also okay for you to feel the way you feel and just, just sit in it, acknowledge it and find something, find some joy so you can let it go. Claire, thank you so much. It has been incredible to, to meet you. Um, I say that it's in a virtual sense, unfortunately. It's been an incredible um, honour to have you on the on the episode today, talking to me about your personal experiences, and um, sharing that with our listeners. I'm sure many would have, you know, 
being so happy to hear from someone else that have experienced similar challenges and to know that there was light at the end of the tunnel. So again, I just want to say a huge thank you for joining me and um, hopefully I can invite you back on to um, one of our future podcasts. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you.